You're listening to an all-new episode of Off the Rails with Sloppy Yellow. Views and opinions expressed here reflect hardcore fan perspectives and sometimes might be factual. Be advised, this podcast may contain adult language. Well, boys and girls, we're back for another episode of Sloppy Yellow Off the Rails. And Billy Bradley, we haven't raced in, uh, what has it been, four, four weeks, five weeks, four weeks, five weeks, but... Uh, because five races. Missed five races and Easter in there. So, but you know, the funny thing is, Billy, is we've got just as much to talk about um, with no action on the track as we do when there was action in the track. I love doing these podcasts later in the week because a bunch of news comes out that all the other shows that I listen to don't have any any opportunity to talk about. But um, another exciting week in, in NASCAR. The Richmond race, Billy, I, you know, that everybody talked about. I didn't watch much of it. We talked a little bit about it, um, a little bit about it. It, it, it pulled at 65% on, on Jeff Gluck's, on Jeff Gluck's uh, poll. Um, now, we're going to Talladega, which we'll talk about, you know, here at the end of the podcast. And I, I expect this to be a, a little bit better um, turnout, but – Billy Bradley, speaking of Jeff Gluck, old Jeff Gluck finally tweeted uh, this week that he was a little bit tired of iRacing. racing. It was, you know, the the, the newness and funness of has worn off of him, and uh, he there's a lot of people covering it, and he just wasn't going to spend the time to cover it anymore. Now, Billy Bradley, when you and I said, "Hey, this iRacing racing stuff is is not something that we want to watch," um, every media person. Um, every uh, talking head, every everybody oh, on dope. Twitter um, called me and you both idiots, assholes, and boomers. I'm sorry to laugh, man. I'm sorry I'm interrupting, but this is so funny. Go ahead. But now we're six weeks into this iRacing shit, and guess what? Nobody wants to cover it anymore because it was fun when it first came out. It kept us a little bit intrigued, and everybody who told me it wasn't a video game now are telling me, well, I mean, it's just a fucking video game, and so here we are. Um, <laughs> I hate when I hate when they prove you right, man, because your head gets bigger than a damn blimp. God Listen, Almighty! Anyway, when I woke on. up, when I woke up this morning and tried to walk out my door, I had to grease up my ears to get through there. Shut and, up! Uh, <laughs> but uh, Billy, I put it to you like this: I, I, um, I was excited to go eye racing because. I wanted to see some action. I wanted some normalcy on Sunday. Fact of the matter is, I'm just not a big watch somebody else play video games fan. I'm more in tune with Bubba Wallace rage quitting or watching Daniel Suarez and these other dumbasses try to take each other out, get banned on, you know, thing. I mean, Kyle Larson, I mean, all iRacing done, in, in my opinion, for NASCAR has ruined NASCAR because of Kyle Larson. But I'll put it to you like this. The NBA tried to do some some online things. They got like I don't know three hundred thousand people at the max. I mean, hell, NASCAR i racing is still pushing around a million viewers, Billy Bradley. And when you got that kind of viewership, whether I like it, Jeff Glug likes it, or anybody doesn't matter. The fact of the matter is, it's still getting a million viewers, and we're going to Talladega. I I'm not into it. I'm definitely going to watch some of the race um, this this weekend, Billy. But I think the rest of the world is coming around to the fact that, you know, our racing is a decent distraction. But there is just absolute no – there's no substitute for real live horsepower on a track. 
Yeah, I would agree with you. And I didn't watch the first lap of the Richmond race. To me, even the Richmond race in general, in live person, the actual where they got not the video game. It that track has kind of disappointed <laughs> me throughout the year. So. I wasn't really looking forward to it. Now, this week I may check in on Talladega, but I love how it's went from it's not a video game, guys, to it's just a video game. We got there quick, and Rob Lopes, I know um, you paid attention oh. to the iRacing thing, and the most important thing for, for you and other industry people is it keeps the sport in the mainstream. It keeps it keeps people talking about you know the sport. It keeps us moving forward, and, and – and I got to be honest with you, Rob, if one thing is for sure, ain't nobody talking about baseball. Ain't nobody talking about NBA basketball. Ain't nobody talking about NCAA basketball. Very few people are talking about golf. NASCAR is 100% getting all of the sports attention because they're still able to do something. And, and it's, it's fun to watch. And from an industry standpoint, I guess you guys – I mean, you you have to be tickled to death to see that the million people are watching iRacing because that just tells you when we go back to racing, the numbers are going to be huge. I agree, and I it just shows how much people really want that sport and how many people are really interested in our sport. And again, and you and I, we all, the three of us had a conflicting opinion about this iRacing thing. And yes, it is a video game, and I never tried to say that it wasn't. It was a right. entertainment. It was a distraction for us. It was a way to connect to our sport. Has it lost its luster a little bit? Sure it has. That's why there's uh, video game stores that rent videos for two weeks because you know, once you play it for two weeks, you know, you're tired of it. And rather than buy it, you can rent it and, you know, and you give it back. Um, has it lost some of its luster? I think you're exactly correct. I also think that, it, that this week's uh, uh, Pro Invitational – will be entertaining with a capital E mm-hmm. because uh, it'll be the first time that these dudes have to draft, quote-unquote draft, to, to make things happen, and you don't actually get the feel. Like Dale Jr.'s thing, you know, he, was, he, could, he could feel air pressure changes in the car. Like he was yeah. probably, other than his father, he's probably, well, actually him and his father could probably – they are one and two, and it'd be tough to yeah. tell who's the best drafter of the two of them. Yeah. Those those two had it covered. Yeah. Like Dale Jr. knew knew what was going on on a super speedway track, and that's why he didn't win as many super speed race, races as he could because they didn't want him up front because they yeah. knew once he got there, he was going to be tough to pass. Yeah. That being said, it, it, it'll be interesting to see how this works out because you don't get to feel how the air is moving now. Yep. You know what I mean? Like, you yeah. can feel all that in the car. Pressure changes coming through that window. You can feel your car buffing around a little bit. You can feel all that. Well, now driving a video game, but and the video game's going to depend on you being on the bumper, but you can't feel the air. So I yeah. think it'll be entertaining. This might boost things a little bit. Was Richmond a little bit lackluster? Yeah. The no resets, um, I think that was kind of neat. It was something yeah. different. They're doing yeah. all they can to they play for stuff. And they're, doing, yeah. and they're doing all they can to to keep us interested in our sport. And I think you guys are right. I think we're going to be going racing sooner than later. Well, I'm certainly um, ready to go back racing. As a matter of fact, we uh, NASCAR right now, guys, are, are poised to do some very interesting and crazy thing. And, and here's – Billy, we've talked about it on the podcast for 
three years, but for the last year and a half since Brian Francis stepped up, you know, stepped away, we've both commented about how well NASCAR has been run. You know, they've done some very odd things for NASCAR, what they've done in the past. They've they've changed, they've adapted, they've improvised, they've tried new things. They've and when they don't work, instead of you know lying about it or giving Ryan Newman a secret fine, you know, 15 years ago or whatever, now they're they're much more apt to come out and to say, hey, that didn't work, and we're not going to do that again. But really, I think NASCAR is poised to, if any sport's going to come back um, better than it was, I think it's NASCAR. And the fact of the matter is, because NASCAR can go without you know competitors rubbing against each other. Uh, sweating on each other, you know, being on within six. I'm interrupting yeah. right now. Yeah. I'm interrupting right now. You, you guys say, and, and I read this somewhere also. I read this online, and I'm sorry to interrupt you, Dan. No, go ahead. I'm sorry, Billy, but but I, this is something that rubbed me the wrong way when I read it, and it's rubbing me the wrong way now that you're talking about it. Mm-hmm. You talk about competitors not being next to each other. You talk about competitors not rubbing their sweaty bodies up against each other. Yes, drivers, absolutely. What about what about the ten guys that are working on that race car? Mm-hmm. Well, that's the what about yeah, on the list, Rob Lowe's, Because I, and my thing is this: as I, I read some things like, okay, we're going to go about racing with no fans and minimal safety crews, and they're talking about minimum crews, minimum crews going to take care of these cars. We're already at a minimum. We yeah. barely have enough guys to take care of these race cars as it is, Rob Lowe's, And I'm going to tell you something right now: the only way you go to a racetrack with less guys than you're taking right now uh-huh. is pit stops don't count. Yeah. You take six people, uh-huh. pit stops don't count, and there's no practice. Yeah. Because the car's going to have to leave nothing bolted, loctited, everything else. You show up and you race. You run with your brung, and pit stops don't count because you're not going to bring your pickers in. You're going to bring – you're going to bring seven guys in there to take care of the car, and they're going to do the pit stops, and it's going to be – 50-year-old-plus guys like me doing something and 45-year-old guys that have never pitted a car before, and it's going to be 25-year-old guys that have no clue what's going on, never pitted a car before. It'll be a dude with a bum leg, so pit stops aren't going to count. <laughs> well, Rob, you went, right it, into, Rob. Yeah, you went right into what I was going to say. Uh, the national media is like, oh, NASCAR can go back. It's not a big deal. And, of course, those are the people who don't really know the, the in, insides and outsides of of NASCAR, and and I, I, my first question coming out of this was, how, how do we do this with with the mi- most minimum of people? And Rob Lopes, you, you beat me to the punch. I don't, Billy. I'm I sorry. Be I didn't, man. I'm sorry to sorry to no. take your thunder. No, no, no. That, no, that, no, that's no. Perfect. Because Billy and I both believe. I don't want to put words in your mouth, Billy, but I would love to see a race one time. Listen. Most people did not. My favorite Talladega is when we did the tandem drafting. We'll never see that shit again. It was extremely um, uh, difficult to do. People had to figure it out. I love the tandem draft. I saw 88 lead changes when I went to that race in 2000. Uh, I can't. I think it was nine or ten or whatever, Billy Bradley. But I thought it was an amazing race. And if we start going back to tracks that NASCAR can drive to, so don't have to fly and you know do all that kind of stuff. There's going to be no practice. There's going to be minimal mechanics. There's going to be – I mean, I'm actually kind of excited to see I – don't, I don't want this to be permanent, but I'm excited to see, Billy Bradley, a, a, a very small crew go to the track because there are going to be times when you, gotta, you, you have to pit under green and not everybody can come down. Well, I, the pit stops are going to have to count. But 
they're going to have to be it's an Billy, I'm excited to see this because we've never seen this before in NASCAR. What about you? Oh, yeah, I'm excited. <laughs> Just like I, I said there before we come on, I hope they call y'all Wednesday, Rob, and tell you that <laughs> we're going racing Saturday. Granted, you crew guys need the extra time. I'm not saying that at all because, you know, <laughs> what, you've been grilling, what, for the last six weeks. You've been trying to figure out if you're drinking bourbon or drinking orange juice. I mean, but how cool would it be to say we're going racing Saturday in Texas? Pit stops don't count. They're going to take three guys. Man, it's going to be so okay. Bad. Help us out. I'm going to try to address. I'm going to try to address each one of those points individually. Yeah, let's do it. First off, if you're going to call us back to work, like when you quit a job, you're supposed to give two weeks' notice. Yeah. And so when you yeah. when you bring us back. It would be a good idea to bring, give us two weeks' notice because um, I'm, go, I'm not going to speak for everybody, but I know there's several of us, and when I say us, I mean crew guys, who, who want not one, but we're chomping at the bit to go back to work. Two, exactly. uh, there might have to be a protocol change. If you, bring us, if you don't give us two weeks to get ourselves back together before we come back into the shop, there's going to have to be a protocol change where you're, you're allowed to have a bourbon on the rocks, uh, about eleven thirty. <laughs> yeah. You know, they did just it, to they keep did you from going through, just to keep you from detoxing. You know, I mean, yeah. obviously, you can wean yourself off, just to keep you from detoxing. You know, and having the shakes while you're trying to weld up some aluminum or what have you. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and I say that in jest. Yeah. But I, it's funny you say that. Is is I've been in contact with obviously my teammates, my teammates from the seventeenth, and we're all wondering the same thing. We're like, man, you know, how's this going to work? They need to give us some notice. You know, there's guys working from home. As a matter of fact, I'm doing a little work from home today because I'm already anticipating uh, Sunday, Wednesday, Sunday shows, double headers, and truncated schedules. Well, you still got to have tires for this race. And I'm just look like I said, I'm looking at this from my perspective. So I'm like, okay, well, if we're looking at truncated schedules, but I still have tires to do, that means I have less time to do them. Okay, what can I do to speed my process up? Is there ways I can make my process go faster and still be as effective as I can be? Sure. So I'm working on that right now. I'm doing some calculations. I'm doing some extrapolations. You know, I'm, I'm just – I'm playing games with all kinds of stuff, trying to develop a plan for myself. Yeah. So. Yeah. From well, that, now you, now, now you want me to go to Texas with three guys. <laughs> okay. So, so as far as that goes, Billy um, – if you're, if you're not taking mechanics and you're taking picker guys, that means you are not going to practice because the car's got to go pretty much ready to race. Um, and, and, no, and nothing against picker guys, and I'm not saying this isn't a blanket statement over all picker guys. Sure. And when I say picker guys, I mean guys that go over the wall, change tires, jack the car, fuel it, whatever, carry, all that. Most of them, or a good percentage, I'm not going to say most, a good percentage are not race car oriented. A lot of them don't work in the shop. A lot of them are athletes. A lot of them were yeah. hired just for their skills. They were taught how to change tires, taught sure. how to carry, taught how to gas, taught how to gas. Yeah. They were athletes. They're football players, wrestlers, baseball players, what have you. Now, they don't know a jack stand from a kick stand to a music stand. Yeah. So you don't put them in charge of trying to get a race car ready to go on a racetrack. Yeah. However, they can probably change the shit out of a tire. Yeah. But, so, 
if you go, you've got to take guys that can prep the car. However, if you want to keep people to a minimum, those guys that go to prep the car are going to have to do pit stops. Like I said, now we're back to 50-year-old Lopsy who pitted a car back, you know, when you were trying to kick sand out of the drums off the beach in Daytona. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I'm, I probably lost – I'm not even going to say a step or two, probably six or seven. But, um, you know, you're looking at stuff like that. Mm-hmm. So there's going to, it's going to take – there's a lot more logistics here than just saying, oh, man, we're just going to go back and we're going to take minimum people and it's going to be the same show that you've ever seen. No, it's yeah. not. Yeah. It's really not. Well, the other thing – Billy, Rob, you're, you're an athlete coach, Billy. You're an athlete coach. You know what it is. You know how it is. None of these guys – none of us practice. Yeah. Nobody's done anything because yeah. we can't be near you. Yeah, you can't. You can't do it. Like, I mean, I'm not. I don't want to do this for three to four weeks. But you know, not only our team's going to have to take this sacrifice. NASCAR itself. I mean, look how many officials they bring in. You have to throw the whole, uh, the whole thing out the window. There'll be no inspection of the cars and nothing like that because I mean, hell, Rob, you see it every week we're racing. It's elbow to elbow in the inspection line. Exactly. Not only inspection, but, and here we are. Billy, you brought up a great point right there. We're still trying to do this in social distance. Yeah. I don't know about you, but, you know, the people that have never seen us work on a race car, we're usually shoulder to shoulder, elbow to elbow doing certain changes because somebody's usually two guys in in close, and you're sweating your ass off because the damn. Engine's coming in at 225 degrees, 250 degrees. You know, the brakes are at 300. It's hot. Yeah. So you're sweating. Well, now all of a sudden we are, we are in the quote-unquote perfect environment for the spread of this virus. <laughs> yeah. So what do you do? Yeah. And Rob Lowe's – And Rob. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go totally off topic right here. I saw a video, I saw, and it was hysterical. I saw a video yesterday of – Restaurants opening for in-house customer seating. Oh, yes, you can put the tables six feet away, ten feet away, whatever, and you can do all this, you can do all that. How does that server bring that food to you? Well, they showed a video. This girl came out. She's carrying a – this waitress came out, server came out, got a tray full of food and drinks, and she's six feet away from the table, and she's throwing drinks and plates at this table. Good God. Hey, here's your your tacos. Hey, here's your wine. And I'm yeah. watching this, and I'm telling you, I almost blacked out from laughing. And I'm like, <laughs> exactly. Yeah. These are the uh, things that we are missing out on is the actual logistics of how all this works. And the Sorry. fact of the matter is, when, when you're in the garage and the cars are – I mean, the garage is – every garage is different. Some of them you're on top of each other. Some of them you got a little bit of space. If you're good enough, you're, you're packed in there like sardines. Uh, you know, if you're if you're down there around 38, 37th, you might have it be in a a couple stalls by yourself. Hell, you might even be out there by your your hauler. But I, you know, every time you look in there and you see a crew working on a car, there's somebody underneath it, and there's somebody basically standing over top of them. Uh, you know, working from the top down. Um, people in and out. You know, you know, touching the car and all this kind of stuff. I, we haven't even talked about the medical procedures to get all you guys in there. There are definitely going to be Somebody at the gate checking temperatures. If anybody's got a temperature, you know, above 101, 198.6 or whatever, it's going to be done. How are you going to work with gloves? There's a lot of things we got to work out, and we don't know exactly how it is. But I, I am actually have confidence 
in NASCAR that they're going to put on a, re- a responsible and a safe-as-can-be um, event. We don't know what it's going to look like. All signs are pointing to opening up in Darlington. Darlington is an easy drive. Um, there's nothing going on there. They can dispatch everybody uh-huh. there. You don't have to fly. Um, but Darlington looks like it's going to take, um, you know, a race from, you know, one of these guys, one of these tracks that didn't get it. But I don't see NASCAR going very far anytime soon. Um, you know, Atlanta's going to get a, another race most likely. Texas is going to open up for um, a, a race, but that's not going to be until June. NASCAR, and we talked about it five weeks ago, Rob, that, you know, NASCAR could probably do one at Texas. They probably will. But that my guess is you're not racing outside of a, a, a 300-mile radius from where you're at right now until June would be my earliest guess. And so if you talk about next Wednesday, as we record this on Thursday, next Wednesday is the 29th, I believe that's when North Carolina's um, uh, current restrictions can be lifted. That's probably when NASCAR teams are going to be told they can go back, you know, start getting in the garage and that sort of thing. Man, that messes me up because I'm getting mulch delivered on the 27th. Yeah. <laughs> I'm telling you, <laughs> North Carolina governor, in, in my opinion, this hasn't been hey, said. Right. I don't want to hear that shit. You've had six weeks to get that shit done. You just pile that mulch up. We're going hey, ready. Hey, Billy. Huh? Billy, he's Listen, running out of man, shit to do. I, I, first off, I ran out of stuff to do. Second off, I was buying bag mulch because I couldn't even get a call into the mulch people to bring it bulk. Yeah. And finally, I'm like, you know what? I'm spending a damn mortgage payment on bag mulch, and I'm covering two square feet at best. I'm like, forget this crap. Like, I'm getting a truckload, bro. I call them up, finally get through to them, and I said, hey. I said, I need five yards. Uh-huh. I said, can you bring it to my house, dump it in the driveway? Mind you, this was two weeks ago. Yeah. <laughs> we're, we're booked to the 27th, but we can schedule between 12 and 2 on the 27th. I'm like, seriously? Yeah, yeah the 27th. They're like, yeah. that's the best we can do. Yeah. This was two weeks ago, Billy. Yeah. <laughs> I'm with I'm like, you, brother. There, man. If there's anybody I, in And then I started town. weighing it out. I started weighing it out. If I rent a dump truck and go get it myself, yeah, <laughs> maybe. I where's it. my cost at with getting bags in a pickup truck? <laughs> yeah. Well, let me tell you this, Rob Lopes. If I'm looking into the future, <laughs> this is coming from the guy who was putting floor in last week, working his guts out. <laughs> yeah. All my shit is done. So I hope <laughs> my, my shit's gonna be done quick. But if I'm looking at a calendar. And uh, the governor of North Carolina starts easing restrictions on the 29th. You guys, I'm just, this is all conjecture, but I, this is where I, I'm firmly believe this is what's happening. Rob, you guys are going to raise Darlington on the 17th of May. That means on nope. the 4th is, is of nope. May. Is really what they're saying? Nope. No. You don't think so? No. No. See, uh, I'll I'll listen listen to... See, no. Go ahead, Billy. Uh, I, I was listening to Door Bumper Clear guys. You know, granted, they're all spotters and they're up. Uh, and they're saying Darlington would be the hardest yeah. spot for them to be separated to even spot. Like, there's no way they could do that. Oh, geez. Oh, God forbid the spotters might have to stand within two feet of each other. That we well, need to worry about them guys that are standing up in the fresh air that have to be there for a couple hours. 
I can tell I you what I, what I don't they're, think they're, is They're happen. the next biggest personalities <laughs> next to the driver, for the love of Holy <laughs> shit, I just spit a whole Mountain Dew drink out. Yeah, easy there, Billy Bradley. We, we, don't don't ruin your phone yet. We still got the uh, – Oh, uh, my God. But they I live guess. in the second. They live. They, they live. The spotters. The spotters live in the third biggest houses as far as the series goes. It goes from drivers, crew chiefs to spotters. Yeah. Then you got the rest of us living in freaking tents, basically. Oh, because you know. But yeah, God forbid. <laughs> oh, you know, that's the hardest place for us to work because we're gonna have to stand next to each other. Are you shitting me? Yeah. Well, like, that's our biggest concern right now is the spotters standing next to each other. For if God's sake, you could spot Darlington from three different spots. Yeah, I was going to say, if Darlington Because we did spot the front and the back stretch, you can spot them from three different spots. And you know what? We You could build damn scaffolds, for God's sake, and we'll put you all around the racetrack, and everybody sits there, and, you know, you have flags or whatever you need to do. Hey, we're pitting, you know, whatever. Jesus, if Darlington is available, Yeah, let's worry about the spotters. If Darlington is available, they are going to race at Darlington, and the reason why is because they're going to. We're keep going that. to Charlotte. You're going to well. You're not going to Charlotte on the fifteenth because they're going not to not on schedule. Run, they're going to try to race the the the, the six hundred, and I, they're not going to want to put two two five hundred mile races. I mean, a five hundred mile race in Charlotte, then back it up with a six hundred mile race in Charlotte. I tell you what, I'd rather beat my. I tell you where we ain't going. We ain't going to Martinsville. Because Virginia's no. done put the law down. This is all to say. There's about what, what, what do you, Billy? I'm sorry. I'm sorry to interrupt you, Dan. Billy, say that again. What happened? We're not going to Martinsville because unless they restrict our restrictions, it was June the tenth, and he added a two week extension to June the tenth. So, Billy, we're let me tell you, me, meaning added a two week extension to what? Uh, to July twentieth. Still uh, in place. Twenty four, yeah. Me, June twenty fourth. As, as far as things happening or gatherings or what, whatever. Gathered. Is that? Yeah. Is that what? I'm, yeah. Oh no, kidding. Yeah. I mean, I, well, yeah. first of all, oh, wow. Billy, you live in the in one of the states with the dumbest fucking governor on the planet. So you guys hey, shut down until two thousand forty <laughs> for Christ's sake. Long that dumb motherfuckers <laughs> in there. Um, but wait a minute! Wait a minute! That hey, that's you from Texas saying that. What does Billy that lives in the state say? Shit, he agrees. I I echo those. Uh, we may be having <laughs> our phone bugs, so I just keep my mouth shut. Yeah, yeah. Billy, got Billy's got to be got quiet to. because they're probably you don't need an IRS audit or anything. Billy's got too many <laughs> guns for that. You don't want to be on the list, man. No yeah, shit. I've got guns for him to come after. Bored at home with nothing to do. Have kids that need some exercise or are missing their dance classes? Well, we've got you covered. Starting Monday, April 6th, tune into You Matter's Instagram and YouTube pages to take part in dance classes being offered by our Diamond Dancer instructors, Hallie and Alex. Check out our Facebook for more info, and registration is free. But look, let, let's focus here for just a second. Fact of the matter is, <laughs> if NASCAR wants to go racing on the 15th, they are not racing at Charlotte, in my opinion, because, I mean, it would be nice, but... There's every fan, every fucking fan, except for, um, I said fan, um, all the driver, you know, all the people in Charlotte and NASCAR might want it, but I would rather eat a bucket of fucking shit than watch a 500-mile race in Charlotte and then back it up with a 600-mile race in Charlotte. They're going to go somewhere other than Charlotte for the weekend of the 15th. I'm just telling you this, boys. 
there makes too much fucking money not to race on the 15th somewhere. It's going to be Atlanta. It's going to be um, Darlington, but it ain't going to be Charlotte. I, I, I would be it shocked be if it's going to be Charlotte. Um, isn't it, it, isn't it, Georgia it's opening up soon? Georgia's opening, Georgia, up, yeah, yeah. opening up this weekend. So, uh, but but they're not oh, going boy. to Charlotte because they're gonna they're already going to race the 600 there, and they're going to race the Roval there. So Charlotte's Charlotte's not in. They're not going to give Charlotte three races because it, it'd just be idiotic. But as we move we forward from there. Here's the thing, and they, they very well could come to Bristol, but here's the thing about the schedule. Um, NASCAR execs are, are talking like the TV people are going to give NASCAR the premier um, time slots because there's nothing else going on. So all of a sudden now we're going from there, there's going to be nothing else going against us. So all of a sudden now we may get some prime time races. We may get some. I want to raise my hand right now. We're going to get the most TV air, this NASCAR is poised right now to gain even more fans of the sport mm. than we were coming up to, Billy. And I thought we were poised greatly with Barstool Sports, this younger generation yeah. coming mm. in. If we're the only show on and we're live and and we got the pomp and circumstance of 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 a, of a NASCAR event, Billy, I think we're just about ready to explode. Rob Lopes, you have your hand up. What you want to say? I'm a little concerned about that because now we are dangling a carrot. Mm-hmm. I mean, we already know that this sport is definitely a sponsor-driven sport. It is a money-driven sport. It takes a lot of money to go racing. It does. It just does. Yeah. And and at the national level, it takes money because it just takes money. Yeah. You got to do it. You got to travel. You got to have high-performance stuff. You got to have stuff that that can last 500 miles. You got to have stuff that is lighter, that's better, that's, you know, it takes money. And, and, I, and the statement from back in the day is money by speed. Yeah. How well, fast now you, you just think with, with what, with exactly, how fast you want to go. And, and that brings up another and totally off topic little sidebar. People go, hey, man, you know, you're driving on the highway and you're in a 55 and you're doing 60. Dude, you're only doing 60? Yeah, I'm five over. Yeah. Well, you're only doing 60. Yeah, I go as fast as my wild will let me go, man. <laughs> yeah. Okay? Moving on from that, my point is this. We're dangling on a cat right now. All of a sudden, we are dangling a boatload of money in front of something, and as soon as money, which I'm not even going to get into the other stuff, Yeah. when you start putting money ahead of well-being and what's best, the parameters change, and yep. that could turn into a problem. I love the idea of prime time slots and doing this and doing that. I love that idea. I love it. Make us the biggest sport. Make us the biggest sport in the United States right now. Do it because we have the opportunity and we have the wherewithal and we have the resources. However, don't do it based on. Listen, guys. As soon as we can do this, let's do it. And the worst thing that could happen would be three weeks later is half your crews and half your guys that are building these race cars that have been sitting on their butts for six weeks, eight weeks, chomping at the bit to go back to work, can't wait to go, you know, six weeks after you you institute this is now, oh, my God, these premier guys that have been building our race cars for five, ten years, and these guys that we have treasured that we that we hired are now all sick. 
And yeah. now what are we going to do? And and now what does that look like? Yeah. You know, we're, we're, we're a sport of perception. Yes, we are very public. It is all about perception, as you've seen with, and we're going to circle back to the iRacing thing. It was a video game. Kyle Larson lost his damn job. Yeah. It's about perception. It's about what you see. NASCAR goes back racing, and you send eight guys to the racetrack per team, and then all of a sudden, six weeks later, six of those eight guys per team are all sick. Now what do you do? Yeah. Yeah. Well, now what do you look like? um, There's – I've got – listen. Be careful of the carrot. Be careful of the carrot. We're staying home so that we can flatten the curve, not so that we can um, wipe out um, COVID-19. COVID-19 is not going anywhere. We are going to live with COVID-19 until somebody like Dr. Jonas Salk, uh, who came up with the polio vaccine, comes up with something to get rid of um, COVID or something like that. I can tell you this. It ain't going to be Bill Gates coming up with a damn vaccine. I can tell you that. No, we we got COVID. And and I'm sorry, and I'm not going to get this political right now, but anybody thinks that Bill Gates got the answer? I'm sorry, y'all are drinking the damn Kool-Aid. No, this, this, COVID, is something, COVID is something we're going to live with for a long time. This is the beginning. This isn't the end. All we're trying to do is flatten no. the curve so that we can have basically, and I, and I don't mean to, let me tell you guys something. I haven't, I haven't shared this yet because I've had a busy fucking week, but my father-in-law is in a assisted living uh, place with COVID. Obviously, you can't go in there and see him and all this kind of stuff. His nurse left him. Friday night, my brother-in-law talked to him Saturday. Um, for whatever reason, nobody uh, heard from him. Whatever nurse comes in Monday, he had a stroke and was sitting in his own shit in his chair. Uh, oh my morning. God! So we, this is this is. Dan, I'm sorry. I appreciate that. It's a terrible situation and all these kind of things. God. But they're, they, they, all we're doing with this flattening the curve thing, and I want people to understand, we are not making America bulletproof. What we're doing. As, as a society is determining how many people it's okay to die. Uh, if we get it yeah. down to the flu numbers, then guess what? We're going to go back racing and we're going to lose 100,000 a year to, to COVID instead of uh, just 100,000 100, people to the flu. This is what we're talking about. We're talking about people's lives. And when you're talking about people's I've got family. Man. My wife believes that this whole shelter-in-place thing is, is really – overboard i don't believe it's enough quite frankly i think there's a happy medium in there we need to figure out a way to get people to work but COVID is not going anywhere people are going to die and all all we're trying to do when we flatten the curve is to come to an acceptable level of death losing three percent of people <laughs> americans a year Brave. with COVID Brave. is not acceptable Man, that's a great point losing 0.03 percent of people to the flu is somehow acceptable. Losing, you know, 2% of the population to heart disease is acceptable for some reason. But for COVID, we're not going to let 3% of the of, – we're not going to let, you know, 3 million Americans die every year because of COVID. We're going to wait till we get that number down to uh, 300,000. That's what all this is for. If we're not safe when this shelter-in-place thing is over. You're, COVID is still going to be out there, which is why – leads me to my next point. Uh, there, there's people who have jobs that do nothing but track activation. Track activation is when, like, like um, a sprint was, was there or Monster Energy is there, and they bring people out and they bring hosts out and they give you little things to do, you know, uh, try to do the pit stop or, or you know, take a, uh, a big hammer and try to hit the bell, you know, something like that, and, and then they pass out their little cards to give you 
Old Spice is out there, you know, trying to get your phone number and this kind of thing and give you a little sample of Old Spice. All those people are out of jobs. That's just not coming back this year. It's just not. It's not coming back in 2020. All the people that used to work at the concession stands, uh, they're not coming back this year. It's just, it's just not happening. We're not going to be filling up um, stadiums. Uh, the NFL thinks no. they are. They're not coming back in no. shoulder to shoulder in September. It's just no. it's not going to happen. Oh. So when hey, we, we, we future, but we covered that a few weeks ago. We covered yeah. that a few weeks ago. Yeah, and it's 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 this. My my point being, when we go back racing, safe is a relative term. We're not safe. Yeah. COVID is still out there, and you can still catch it, and you can still die from it. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's it's so it's not a thing where like. Hey, let's get out there and start doing what we're going to do. Them people in Georgia and South Carolina, I mean, they better be safe because all of a sudden we're going to have a, a, an outbreak again, and people are going to go, well, what the fuck are we having an outbreak because we're not trying to eliminate COVID. We can't. I hate to say to it, but it's come down to an acceptable level of death. Go ahead, Rob. I'm going to say something, and I think this was with our text messages through the week and conversations and that. I'm going to come out and say the kind of thing that Billy has hinted at is that Georgia and Tennessee are going to be the crash test dummies right now. Yeah. I'm really you're, sorry you're, to say that. Yeah, you're exactly right. They're okay. opening up uh, pigeon boards. Okay. Oh. Everybody knows what that place is. All these but, people that Pigeon forge, how, how do you get away from people there, Billy? How do you get away exactly. from people there? And especially everybody that's been locked up for six weeks. That's the it's an hour and a half drive from here. Beautiful place to go visit. Not now. Yes, it uh, is. I'm not going down there. Well, I, I can but, tell you and, this. Well, here's the other thing. You go to the beach. Okay, fine. You open up beaches. Okay. You you bring your household to the beach. You set up a blanket. You sit there. Well, now, 10 households from 100 yards on the beach come to the same place. And they all set up their blankets. Yeah. Uh, wh- wh- what are we doing? What are <laughs> no we doing? <laughs> How close are we? Are we are, are we six feet away? How close are we? Yeah. You know, people walking up and down the beach. Oh my God. You know. Oh, the tide's up, and I'm walking two feet from this blanket where this family of four sitting. Oh my God, I just sneezed, and I was in the mall or I was in Walmart the other day with no mask because I'm a badass. Yeah. And. I still don't know if I'm infected, and maybe I just infected a family for the thing. The problem is, is this is a virus like we've never dealt with. You get the flu, and you come in contact with somebody with a flu. Twenty-four hours later, you're like, "Oh my God, I'm sick. Yeah. I got the flu." Yeah. I better not go anywhere. I don't want to infect anybody. Yeah. However, you get you come in contact with this. It takes three, four days. You're your you're the most at least this is what I've read on several different platforms. Three or four days are you're the most contagious without showing symptoms, yes. and it can take up to two weeks for you to show symptoms. Yeah, and that's the problem. And you and don't they don't know. And that's the problem with what we got going on. So when Rob Lopes is going back to work, I, there's a legitimate safety concern. It's not going to make anything we do convenient. There's not. It's not going to. I'll be put a clear shield like in my welding helmet. I'll put a clear shield in my <laughs> welding helmet to sit at my laptop. For God's sake. Yeah. Uh, this is <laughs> when we go back racing. Not only is it going to be a a smaller uh, 
show from a from the garage area and everybody else, but it's going to be different. This first week or two that they go racing Billy Bradley, they're not going to know what the fuck to do because they've never done it before, and it's going to, they're going to have to learn as it is. It's, it's, this is all to say, and, I, and I'm not uh, you know terrified to death of COVID. What I'm what I'm terrified of is the ignorant people out there that Rob just mentioned that don't give a fuck and think they're bulletproof. Can I say something? And this is going to upset some people, Dan. I'm just going to say this because this has been on my mind. And this is something that I've said privately, but I'm going to say publicly. People are stupid and irresponsible. Persons (laughs) are smart and responsible. Yes. And the reason that the states and the federal government have to make these rules is because you're trying to save certain people from themselves. And I'm sorry to say that out loud. And maybe the people that hear this, you might be one of them. I don't know. But you know what? The thing of it is, is common sense and responsibility to yourself and to others is what plays the biggest part in this. Yeah. And the common sense, the problem is, is common sense isn't common. Yeah. 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 No, and and listen. I just had to throw that in there. That's right. As As we go forward. It's, I can tell you, as we go forward, there's not going to be a bunch of a bunch of. I mean, there's businesses shutting down. The economy is 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 wrecked over this. The world's economy Stagnant, is wrecked over it's this. It's not worse. There's um, it, it's it's going to it's not going to get better anytime soon. It's gonna it's gonna oh. the, the economy is going to get good for a little bit. We haven't even talked about you know the the oil market. Um, I'm extremely in tune in oh. the oil market, and Holy it was going shit. south. Uh, when was the last time? When was the last time? Hey, when was the last time a a daggum uh, seven fifty of of bourbon cost more than a barrel of oil? Yeah, I mean the fact of the matter is, this like, week in like Texas, oil, the oil industry is in a negative. I think. Yeah, this week yeah. in Texas, a barrel was minus thirty dollars, and, and 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 before oh before COVID. Russia was playing a, a game with um, uh, the Saudis to to ruin the the United States oil market. Well, COVID has done done a good job of that. We're, so uh, when when the oil market is down uh, and and you're negative thirty dollars for I mean and shit. When I moved to Texas, people told me, hell, as long as oil is forty dollars a barrel, the economy is good. Well, uh, yeah, but three wait, months ago, it was 110. But this is worldwide, though, is it not? So yeah. is this is a is a Saudi oil is a Saudi oil market down? Is no is, is you know the Middle East? No. Oh, their no. oil market still rocking. No, no, no. They, they they are producing as much as possible instead of not producing to fuck the United States out of their oil. That's what's happening with Russia and the Saudis right now. They're they're doing this on purpose. So they are making barrel after we, barrel and, after barrel and and, he, them. and here we go and here we go to is it about our health or is it about the economy? Exactly. That's why we we are I'm not gonna head down this rabbit hole. I'm well, not gonna I, do it. Several we years you're gonna see that negative thirty dollars a barrel turn into uh five thousand dollars a barrel. Yeah, what all I'm saying is is you need people need to look a little. I want to go back racing too. I want to go back to normalcy too. But even when even let's say COVID was over tomorrow, the economy is still going to take a nosedive because we got a bunch of other shit we got to deal with. Um, we we have the three months the world basically stopped. Um, and, and I'm going to tell you one last. I'm going to pontificate one last thing before I go to our final segment here. And, I, and I'm going to tell you what the real problem in America is right now. It's not COVID. 
it's the fact of the matter is that American families cannot afford to go two months without a paycheck. Most American families cannot oh go more than a month without paycheck, and it's a it's a damn shame. If everybody could go two months without a paycheck, we, we would all be better off. But between um, consumer spending and, uh, and and wage gaps, and I mean, you can talk about a bajillion things, but the fact of the matter is, if you're listening to this podcast and you're like me and don't have two months' worth of uh, complete nothing in the bank, uh, fucking stop. Fix that as soon as this shit's over and put two months' worth of every – because we're going to do this again in the fall, I promise you. This ain't the only time we're doing this. Until, unless, 1918. Uh, unless something else is coming up. Uh, I heard the, I, I actually read something at University of Louisville. I hate the University of Louisville, but if they come <laughs> up with a, uh, if they did come up with a a, a potential, um, apparently they found a way that the COVID um, the COVID virus cannot enter a human cell. And if that's true, and they can do that's fantastic. But we need to do something like that comes out, uh, like 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 some sort of vaccine, like smallpox, polio, that type of thing. This is going to rear its ugly head until that's happened. So Americans right now need to stop bitching about the fact we don't have work. They need to stop bitching about that right now. Look a little bit inward and go, why can't I go a month without without what I'm doing? What am I spending my money on that I can't go a month here or there? Why am I taking my uh, – why am I buying a 65-inch TV where I get $2,000 back on my taxes – when I should put that into a savings account so I have a rainy day fund. The fact that too many Americans don't yeah. have that is a problem. Go ahead. I will yeah, agree I'm with man. you there, but I'm also going to say this, Dan. I'm also going to say this, and I'm going to play devil's advocate right here. Yep. How come, you know, every, every American is supposed to have two months' worth of, you know, rainy day money, but yet billion-dollar companies, as soon as three weeks happen, they need money from the government to help them along. Well, I'm when you, you when you when up. you have airlines wait when you have airlines charging thirty dollars a bag, yeah, and two hundred dollars a ticket, and you're paying the people, jet fuel costs so much, and and all these salaries cost so much, and insurance costs so much. Yeah. You know what? If and you've got your CEOs and your your top level executives making multi do you have any idea i was thinking about this today because i was watching the movie draft day because why nfl draft day yeah coming up how many millionaires are in this country millionaires and the funny thing about that all that is is a millionaire and me pay the same amount of money for a gallon of gas and the same amount of money for a gallon of milk yep yeah well, we're going to have. So, how come a billion dollar company needs a bailout in three weeks, but yet Joe Blow, like me, who, you know, makes a decent living wage and he lives in a modest house and lives a modest life, yeah. has to have two months worth of money saved up in case some stupid ass pandemic comes out? Yeah. Explain to me the economics of that. That's well, all I want to know. I'm glad you asked that question because Mark Scott and I are going to talk about that exact subject on a on an early next week podcast that we're going to record because I, I want to be part of it because I like that son of a gun. Yeah, we, we'll we'll definitely talk about it because fact of the matter is, um, I look at uh, Harvard University has a forty billion dollar endowment, but they took three hundred million dollars so that they could help uh, their students that that um, uh, you know couldn't couldn't pay their bills that sort of thing and. 
my big thing is if you have forty billion billion with a B dollars in your endowment, billion. you don't take you don't oh take three hundred million from um, from Americans. We're, we're going to talk all about that and uh, yeah, the economies of bailouts and all that sort of thing in a in a podcast next week for sure. And damn, one um, solid point I'm glad yeah. you brought up was that about you know, granted, yeah, we all just got a pretty good chunk of money. And I was having this conversation with some guys at work the other night when all that money started coming in. They're like, man, I can't wait to buy this uh, stereo system. I can't wait to buy this television. I said, man, you do realize they told us June the 6th there will be no more jobs. Like, you're going to run through that money. And like, they done told us June the 6th, we're done. It could be October. It could be to December. They don't know. Yeah. Yeah. If you're blowing through that money right now, Put that shit back to get your family through. Don't go buy stupid shit. Listen, <laughs> one of my son's uh, best friends um, got his uh, $1,200 check last week. And the reason why I said bought a 65-inch TV is because that dumb son of a bitch went out and bought him a 65-inch TV. And he hasn't paid his rent yet. Why? And I'm like, why? dumb son of a bitch. So uh, the entire time that uh, I was around him, I educated him on how fucking stupid he was and uh, why he was the reason <laughs> that, uh, that 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 people stay poor. I mean, as you oh, make dumbass decisions. And that 65 like that, inch TV it. was not built in the United States. <laughs> no, it's probably built in Korea and uh, and all kind of different things. But this is all to say, uh, when NASCAR buy comes a truck back, load of mold from your local guy. <laughs> pay, yeah. pay your DM, pay your DMV fee. Yeah. Freaking. I'm 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 going to mom and pop shops yeah. and buying. I'll buy a loaf of bread at a mom and pop shop before I'll go to a national yeah. thing. I'm, and, and grocery stores, grocery stores are local. I get it. Yeah. And they're franchises. I'm going to help out the local guy. Well, you got to. I now. spent my I spent my stimulus check locally because I've been tracking it. Yeah. And I will tell you this: if you think people can't figure out where you're spending your money. You're stupid. <laughs> stupid as hell. Uh, you can you can look at my debit card and you can look at my my bank transactions and you don't see. Oh, he bought a 65 inch TV. Oh, he bought a brand new Harley. Oh, he bought this. Oh, he bought that. No, you know what he did? He bought five yards of mulch from Midland Mulch. <laughs> yeah. He bought. He he went to the DMV and paid his vehicle taxes on all, on his vehicle. Yeah. yeah. He uh. He's buying groceries, you know, down here at Sam's Mart. He, yeah. He's buying groceries at, uh, at, at you know, at, at Jerry's Quick Stop. Well, this is all to say. Um, Keep it local. Next week, when uh, when when we bring when, Mark when, on, oh, we when I have to go back to work things. and I have to go back sober. Yeah, next week. Yeah. Yeah. I'll, yeah. I'll, yeah, uh, we have, we have a, a lot to talk about, and uh, and it, and, and <laughs> this is as a as a country, as a as a global economy, uh, we're all going to need to um, to buckle down and to make good decisions. And I'm and, and one of the reasons why I want to do this podcast next week is so um, average people can just get some other information, um, you know, and and figure out how to become smarter and better and do tiny things that'll help them out in the future because this isn't the end of it coming up this is the beginning no. of what we're getting ready to do and we can be successful and and be successful together but we're gonna have to learn we're gonna have to change we're gonna have to adapt and we're definitely gonna have to improvise 
um, you know, what we did before. But right, let's wrap this thing up here with um, – Wait, wait, really... before you wrap up, before you wrap up, before you wrap up, this is something I need to say. Yeah. Is I'm in North Carolina, and you're and Dan, you're in Texas, Billy, you're, you're in Virginia, and you guys are making moves forward, you guys are making moves static, and you guys are in different places than I am. But And that's what makes this – uh, makes what we have great because we're in very different parts of the country and we can all yep. get a feel for what's going on. Yeah. And we're not going to bullshit each other. And yeah. all I'm going to say is this, is I rely on Dan's input. I rely on Billy's input because I know these two dudes ain't going to bullshit me. Yeah. Well, and, I appreciate that. That's what we're all here and, for. I appreciate it. Yeah. And, That's what we're here for. And we're – and we are our common goal is let's go racing boys yeah but you know what let's go racing safely let's go racing safely so that we don't have to stop it again and make it worse and i think that's the goal amen i think that's the goal of the fans but it's it we're all gonna have to be a little bit patient we're gonna have to you know when we get cars back that's the the goal of our country let's go racing safely Let's go racing safely. When the cars are on the track, the cars may be on the track, but it's going to be nothing like we've ever seen before from from what from the team standpoint and that sort of thing. And uh, and, and and thinking about you know helping others. And Rob, I appreciate um, you know you looking forward to getting different perspectives. That's one of the things um, I love most about uh, living. To be honest with you, is to understand things that I don't know. And, Amen. Um, Billy, you and I had the had the big pleasure of meeting our buddy Joshua Prophet. Um, what hell about five years ago now, or six years ago maybe? Um, yeah. And uh, uh, come to know Joshua. Every people, longtime fans of the podcast, know exactly who Joshua is. He's a uh, 22-year-old young man, 22 or 23, uh, with cerebral palsy. He, uh, Billy, he's set to graduate from Georgia Southern University. On May 8th. Yep. Now, we talked about, you know, earlier in the podcast how I was, you know, upset that my daughter has worked so hard. Uh, she's not going to be able to walk and that sort of thing. Well, if anybody on the planet deserves to be celebrated, it's that boy right there, Joshua. Um, I'm getting a little emotional because uh, I just love that kid to death. And, um, mm, sorry, guys. He, uh, I reached out okay, to him man. this week and, um, he is, his kid, mom is, uh, is planning a virtual uh, uh, virtual party for him on, on May the 8th. Um, I'm going to have to take just one second here and uh, compose myself and try to get ready. Okay, here we go. Um, so uh, she's, she's trying to plan something special um, for our buddy Joshua. And, Billy, uh, you and I talked the other day, and we are going to – um, get a, a a congratulations card writing campaign going. Uh, we're gonna post his his mailing address. I talked to see his mom. We're gonna. I'd like everybody to send Joshua a card so he has uh, something to open on his on his day. Um, I, I don't have many Dale Jr. signed things, Billy Bradley, but one thing I do have, if I can find it, <laughs> I gotta look for it. Is that uh, the day you and I were at uh, Junior Motorsports Fan Day? Um, I got Dale Jr. to sign an extra undamn restricted banner 
Um, it's the only thing on it, Undam Restricted Banner and Dale Jr.'s signature. We're going to send that to him. But we're also going to Zoom call him, um, Billy Bradley, and get him on a Zoom call. And we're going to give out his Zoom information. So if you want to, uh, we're going to set up a time for Junior Nation can – uh, give him a Zoom call. We're also going to put out his Facebook. He loves his Facebook portal. He's on Facebook all the time because he can all he can uh, do messages and and get video calls and all that kind of stuff. But this young man, um, you know, his birth father Billy, and we we had you know we had him and his mom on several times on the show. He's a big Dale Junior fan. Uh, had, he had a segment there for one one season where he was doing his race picks. Um, but, uh, that's how we got the name Joshua, the prophet, prophet, but, you know, his birth father, um, uh, when, when he was born, his birth father left, uh, he didn't really want to deal with, oh, um, with a child with that kind of stuff. His stepfather who came in uh, before he was a year old has, has raised that boy to be a, a, a good young man uh, along with his mother, but he's had to fight claw and, and struggle for everything he's got. The fact of the matter is he's going to graduate from college. That's a big deal, and as a friend of the show, you better believe it. And as a as a personal friend of mine, uh, this boy deserves um, he deserves a hell of a day. And I'd like everybody listening um, and all the junior nation to come together. And we're going to post all the information via Twitter. Um, it's May the eighth, so when you hear this, go get yourself a uh, graduation card or something so that we can um, um, show that boy just how special he is. Yeah, I want to see that little shit's wheelchair battery run dead from running out to his mailbox checking his damn mail. To <laughs> Billy, one thing fantastic. for sure, we're, we're going to have to put um, 100 SPF sunblock on that white kid because that, that kid's <laughs> damn white. He's like a sheet of paper. He'll get sunburned to a crisp if it breaks down in the middle of his driveway. Yeah. yeah. But we'll make sure he has plenty of – what's that uh, – What's that fruity little drink he drinks there, Billy Bradley? Some kind of uh, Them, uh, umbrella pina colada. Uh, umbrella, it's, it's definitely got an umbrella, and it's a pina colada or a daiquiri or something. And uh, well, we're, we're gonna make this boy's uh, graduation special. Be on the lookout for that. And here's what I can tell you: for the good of the community, protect others. And when you protect others, you protect yourself. Make sure you're washing your hands. If you're going out in public, you wear a mask. Do the smart thing. Social distance yourself, and I'm telling you, folks, let's make Joshua's day very special. The good of the community and paying it forward. Get your stuff ready. Uh, if you want to do a Zoom call, he doesn't care if he knows who you are or not. As long as you're a follower and uh, uh, a NASCAR fan, he'd love to hear from you. So uh, get ready for May 8th. Send your cards out. I'm going to post the address. Um, uh, Rob Lopes, you got anything to add before we go? I don't think I can add anything more greater than what you just said. All right, cool. Billy Bradley, how I'm are right you? there, man. I'm right there. No, man, you, you took it right there with everything you said. You know, it's, you, we we take things for granted, and look what that little shit's going through. Like, he's, he's worked hard. <laughs> to get through I love the way you guys call him a little shit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, oh, we yeah. call him more than that, Rob. Yeah. Yeah, that's the he, nicest thing we <laughs> That's a nice he's thing probably tougher than a temp. He, listen, that cat just, and yeah. I don't know the cat. All, all I'm going from what you guys have sent me and shown me is he's tougher than a ten penny nail, and you call him a little shit. That, yeah. I'll tell you what, if his chest ain't poking out like you said, if that battery ain't going there from going to the mailbox, 
Shame on it. Well, Billy and Bradley uh, and I say that because if he stood up out of his chair, it's some bitch is six free. So, uh, yeah. Uh, but, yeah, so uh, he may run us over. Uh, Even if but, he wasn't, he'd be six three. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's, yeah. So it, it's, uh, it, it, we're going to make Joshua's day fantastic. We're going to have a hell of a weekend. Uh, and I'm excited about this Talladega I race. I'll at least watch. 20 or 30 laps, Billy Bradley, Hell, maybe even more, and uh, maybe we'll have some, uh, maybe we'll have something to talk about on the on the schedule front next week. For Rob Lopes, for Billy Bradley, I'm Dado. Y'all be safe and have a good weekend. See y'all. See you guys. Good stuff. Yeah. Great job. Great job. With all this craziness going on in the world right now, we appreciate you spending a little time with us. Before you leave, take a minute and check out this new song by Guy L. Boom and Alex Hobbs. Here's End of the World. Yeah. Turning off my TV, shit's getting rough. All the service negativity, I think I had enough. I got my own demons that I'm still dealing with. And if you still wanna be here, I gotta make one thing clear. Don't just say you love me, show me. You say that you're with me, then prove me. I'm really trying to find my fears, but it's getting scary out here. I don't wanna be Tonight, baby, hold me tight tonight. Oh, come on, baby, make love to me like it's the end of the world. Oh, like it's the end of the world. Love me, 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 love me,